Welcome to KXAN News Today. Here are your Wednesday morning headlines. The Downtown Austin Alliance hosting a panel later on this morning talking to Travis County leaders. It's all about the launch of the county's mental health diversion pilot program, hoping to keep people who are homeless out of jail and connected with help. The forum starts at 8 o'clock this morning at St. David's Episcopal Church on East 8th Street. You may see a lot of smoke from West Austin today, but don't be alarmed. This is intentional. This is the area where the Nature Conservancy is going to be conducting prescribed burns. Austin's Fire Wildlife Division says the operation will target 125 acres of the Barton Creek Habitat Preserve. And it's to manage vegetation to prevent future wildfires. And today is National Signing Day for high school football players that did not sign back in December. Celebrate senior players as they sign play football at the college level. Keep an eye out for KXAN's website as we will be updating our National Signing Day coverage for you. And you can expect to wake up to cloudy skies out there this morning. We have the last couple of days of dry weather before that changes. Good morning, I'm Tom Miller. Good morning, everyone. I'm Sally Hernandez. You were right on it yesterday. It was a beautiful day to get so out there. Nice. Yeah, the sunshine felt good. The 70s felt good. We're going to get another day of 70s today, but a little more cloud cover anticipated. Let's get you start with a live look outside. This is our Ewald Kubota weather camera there up in Georgetown. At the moment, we're going to pretty much be looking at nice temperatures just because because of the time of year. Yes, it's cool, but 40s and 50s is actually where we should be waking up to. I mean, even a little bit cooler at that, but 49 degrees in downtown Austin isn't bad. We've got 52 in Marble Falls, 40s out in our eastern counties, even the hill country waking up to 40s. So that warm up, I, I think, is notable. I mean, 1 to 15 degrees warmer than where we were yesterday at this time. I do anticipate that warming trend uh, to be with us for this morning and then kind of chill out this afternoon, if you will. 70 degrees is our forecast high. So still really nice as far as the comfort level goes. We're just not going to see as much sunshine today. A little more cloud cover and then rain on the way. It's starting very uh, low and on the light side Thursday, Friday. You can see though Saturday into Sunday, we have a much better chance of squeezing out some rain. So coming up, warmer days and nights ahead. Damp later in the week just because of the drizzle and the fog that's likely to come in ahead of your weekend showers and storms. So We'll break down a little bit more of that wetter weekend forecast for you coming up in just a few minutes. Thank you, Christine. Caught on camera, a man breaking into a downtown Austin bar in the middle of the day. Yeah, broad daylight. Recurring problems just like the one that you see behind us have business owners demanding solutions from Austin City Hall. KXAN's Brianna Hollis shows us what happened next. It's 2.30 p.m. on Monday. Narbar on 6th and San Jacinto was closed, but this man gets in. I went on the video cameras, the, the surveillance camera, and saw someone breaking in. The video shows a man bust open a window near the front door. You then see him grab electronics, fill up a bag, step back out the window, and walk away. 2.30 p.m. in the daytime will break into a building with people walking by and not even care. For the bar's owner, Jesse Fortney, it's just another reason he's losing faith in the future of 6th Street. 6th Street used to be the heart of Austin. Right now it's the toilet. Rightful frustration on stuff that folks have been dealing with. Zoe Caudry is the council member for downtown. He says several business owners have brought forth similar concerns. Whether it be 
violence, whether it be break-ins, it's important for us to get it right. This has just been an issue that's just been kind of snowballing, and I think it's time for that snowball to, to melt and for us to actually do something about it. Forty says the man who broke in is an unsheltered individual. This month, the Downtown Austin Alliance launched a pilot program to help address homelessness on 6th Street by having trauma-informed staff connect people with city resources for things like housing, mental health, addiction services, and employment. Fortney doesn't feel like what the city has tried over the past four years has worked well enough. I'm hoping to get real answers of if they even have a solution to this. Brianna Hollis, KXAN News. Going in depth here, APD's most recent crime data in downtown shows improvements in some categories. The number of robberies dropped by 34% last year when compared to the year before. That's significant. Burglaries downtown also improving slightly by 3%. For the first time in this country, a parent of a school shooter has been held criminally responsible for a mass shooting by their child. A jury determined that Jennifer Crumbly is guilty on four counts of involuntary manslaughter. It's in connection with the massacre her son Ethan carried out at a Michigan high school in 2021. NBC's Maggie Vespa was in the courtroom. Legal experts say, make no mistake, this is a landmark case. Jennifer Crumley is now officially the first mom, the first parent in America to be held criminally responsible for her child's mass school shooting. And families of the victims telling me in there they hope this serves as a wake-up call for parents across the country. We will have all the historic moments from inside that courtroom, plus reaction from the foreperson of the jury who found Crumbly guilty, as well as all of the emotional fallout and reaction from the families whose lives were torn apart by the Oxford High School massacre. That's coming up on today. Thank you, Maggie. Plus, how a political endorsement from Governor Greg Abbott could have a major impact on the voters ahead of the primary election. And why are people trying to get a young Hayes County District Clerk out of office? And the choice words he got from a judge. Good morning. Former President Donald Trump could face criminal prosecution over alleged efforts to overturn the 2020 election. A panel of judges ruling he is not immune. No, Trump's attorneys argued that he was immune from prosecution due to the fact that he was acting as the president of the United States at the time. The three-judge panel of the U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals for the District of Columbia ruled that there was no basis for Trump to assert that former presidents have blanket immunity from prosecution for any acts committed as president. A proposed March trial date is already delayed indefinitely pending the resolution of the appeal. Trump is facing a four-count indictment in Washington. That includes charges of conspiracy to defraud the U.S. and conspiracy to obstruct an official proceeding. A new poll is weighing how likely some Republican leaders are to sway voters ahead of the primary election. Results from the Hobby School of Public Affairs at the University of Houston showed Governor Abbott having more sway than Attorney General Ken Paxton. The two sometimes had conflicting preferences. The results showed 64% would be more likely to support a candidate backed by the governor. 40% of the respondents said they'd be more likely to vote for a person backed by Paxton. However, those same voters would be much more influenced by what former President Donald Trump thinks about their primary choices. 70% would be more likely to vote for a candidate who has Trump support. Texas House Speaker Dave Phelan shows the least amount of sway with only 9% saying that it would affect their choice. Sticking with politics, the U.S. House has voted against an Israel aid package. The House's standalone bill would have provided $17.6 billion in aid to Israel. 
That vote was 250 in favor, 180 against, but that vote needed two-thirds support to pass. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer has stressed bipartisan support is needed to pass aid to Israel, Ukraine, and Taiwan. After budget and staffing cuts, how Travis County's leading mental health care provider plans to keep its services running. The reality on the ground in Eagle Pass as Republicans in Washington get ready to block what would have been the biggest change to U.S. border policy in decades. Good morning, everyone. On this Wednesday, February the 7th, a live look outside. We're going to check in with Kristen for the latest look at your forecast. Coming up in just the next few minutes, but in the news, Travis County's Mental Health Authority as a new leader. Integral Care was in our coverage last year because they nearly had to cut millions of dollars worth of staff and services. Yeah, some major problems there. And KXAN's Grace Reader asked the new CEO how he plans to make sure it doesn't happen again. It's the system Jeff Richardson says he understands personally. Having a family member who struggles with mental illness and actually is on the is, is autistic has been a huge opportunity to learn the system in a way and and really understand what it's like as a family member. That's one of the experiences he says will help him succeed in his new role as the newest CEO of Integral Care, Travis County's provider for people with mental illness, substance use disorder, and intellectual and developmental disabilities. Think anything from operating the 988 suicide helpline to IQ testing for a diagnosis to mental health support for children on probation. Uh, I want a place where anyone who has a, a family member I would want my family members to be here and I want to be able to make the quality and the experience of care that for everyone who, who receives our services. Last year we told you some of those services were in jeopardy after 22 million dollars in state and federal funding fell through. Central Health, Travis County's health care district, which you pay for, stepped in to meet that funding gap. But it's something Mayor Kirk Watson told us then needs to be addressed. I'm going to convene uh, a group of people so that we can begin the process of saying how do we stabilize integral care's uh, budget and how do we better uh, in align the vision of all of those different entities. We asked the new CEO about that Tuesday, who said he's not only open to the collaboration, but challenged others to come to the table. We should not be struggling with funding these programs at a time when the need is so great. We need all of this community to join us. This is not a solution that integral care alone has to solve. Grace Reader, KXAN News. Going in depth on this, here are some of the services that integral care helps support. One day classes teach people how to offer mental health first aid. That training helps people decipher when someone is showing signs of a mental health crisis. There's also mental health urgent care for walk-ins seven days a week. There is a range of HIV services for adults, particularly those with mental health or substance abuse issues. And integral care helps connect people with housing and homeless services, also job training and employment support. Remember the goats along Lady Bird Lake that would help protect you from poison ivy? Well, they're coming back. The little ones like to eat the plant and other vegetation to protect you when you're out there. So you may have seen signs like this on the trail with the message, miss the goats. Well, the Trail Conservancy wants people to sponsor a goat for $20 a month, if you do. The nonprofit will use the money for vegetation management, seeding, and planting. About 150 goats will return later on this year. That video, I love it. Cute. But they get the poison ivy out, which is pretty 
common when you're out on the trail. Yeah. It's easy to run into. And these guys are like a destructive force. <laughs> yeah. If you set them loose, they're clearing like acres efficient. a day. Yeah. Very just like efficient. plowing through. Yeah. It's a win-win. Yeah. Well, listen, this is your opportunity to buy a goat and not have it in your backyard. <laughs> I never you thought know? I'd say that. Yeah, I sponsored yeah, exactly. a goat. For 20 bucks, too. Let me show you what's going on with your forecast because right now we've got a lot of cloud cover over the state of Texas. This is going to continue to be the trend today and tomorrow. Unfortunately, we're going to lose a little bit of our sunshine here, but you know what? This is also keeping us on the warmer side this morning. This is our West Shore home camera that we've got sitting right on top of KXAN Studios. You see all that cloud cover there. Currently sitting at 49. Now, the keyword is warmer. It's not warm out there, just relatively warmer compared to the 30s and 40s we were tracking yesterday at this time. So, Hill Country, I know you're feeling the difference there because that's where we were seeing some of the colder temperatures yesterday. In fact, Lano, you got down to 32 yesterday, but we're talking 40s out in our eastern counties today. As far as what we're doing with the warm-up, we go from the 40s to the 60s to the 70-degree mark today. Still above average, not quite as warm as where we were yesterday, but it's a 1 to 2-degree difference. I don't think you'll notice it, but you will notice the fact that we're not seeing as bright of a blue sky up top, to say it nicely. There's going to be a lot of that high cirrus cloud cover coming in, even some of those cumulus clouds as well. So blocking some of the sunshine, but it won't hurt the warm-up. You can see everybody's still going to be nice and mild. Mid-60s out west to the low 70s Austin eastward. Now, high temperatures will actually stay pretty comfortable. We'll go with the 70s all the way through Saturday. A little bit of a dip here as there's potential for some rain and then eventually a cold front which will follow. So walking you through just the rain chances, nothing expected today. Once we get into tomorrow, it's possible we see some drizzle and fog in the morning and isolated rain chance in the afternoon too. And then completely cloudy with that low chance of rain again Friday. But more meaningful showers looking to come in Saturday and Sunday here some thunderstorms also in the mix. Now, how much rain? Very consistent and showing a few hundredths of an inch to up to about a quarter of an inch here. Isolated pockets of half inch or more. This is not a drought busting kind of rain. This is just a nice little drink of water coming in Saturday, Sunday, and it'll leave by the time we come back Monday. So uh, nothing that I would at this point rearrange your total plans over. Just keep an eye on the skies here with the chance of the showers and storms. We want to make sure that uh, although we don't expect any severe weather, we want to make sure you're inside with the lightning threat. Seven day forecast says temperature is not a problem. 70s for now. Overnight lows getting into the 50s each morning. Here's a cold front. You see the scattered showers, a few thunderstorms in the mix, some wind behind the front, temperatures getting down to the lower 60s by next week. All right, let's take it to traffic right now because unfortunately we're watching a serious uh, collision out in East Austin here. This is involving one vehicle, but at the moment we have FM 969 in East Austin completely closed between Imperial Drive and Decker Lane. So just to orient yourself here for those out in East Austin, here's 183 and then here's the toll road. If I zoom you down even more, you can see the maps indicate the closure. So here's Decker and then here's Imperial Drive. We have complete closure of 969 due to a one vehicle collision. We don't know what that is. Uh, we are seeing reports that it is uh, unfortunately a deadly collision with that one vehicle. So we've got our crews actually headed this direction to find out some more information, get you guys a live picture for those who do take this thoroughfare here. But just wanted to give you a heads up that collision involving one vehicle has turned deadly 969 closed between Decker and Imperial. Draw times everywhere else. Look good. No problems there on the major thoroughfares. 35 Mopac moving smoothly. More weather and traffic updates to come.
A new report shows bolts appear to have been missing from the door plug that blew off the Boeing 737 MAX 9 last month mid-flight. That is according to the National Transportation Safety Board. Federal Aviation Administration head Mike Whitaker vowing to hold Boeing accountable. Uh, recent events, especially the January 5th incident involving the Boeing 737 MAX 9, have shown us we can't become complacent when it comes to maintaining safety and public confidence in the aviation system. Earlier this week, Whitaker said the FAA will not approve production expansion of 737 MAX 9 jets until quality control issues are resolved. Back here at home, Austin School District police are issuing a warning. Officers say they've been getting reports of people posing as district officers. They're then asking people for sensitive information. The caller claiming that the person has an arrest warrant and ask for a social security number and other personal information. If you've received a call like this, contact 311 to file a report. Also this morning, the Hayes County District Clerk elected to office as a teenager is once again under fire. He has voters in Hayes County elected the then 19-year-old Avery Anderson in November of 2022, the first Democrat elected to that position in years. Here's the thing, this week a judge called the clerk to court and told him he was incompetent. It's due to some blunders in the office, including a time where jury summons didn't get sent out on time and had to be hand-delivered. Some think his days could be numbered. Thomas, just a local attorney, filed a petition to remove Anderson in September. A month ago, he was issued a show cause uh, for uh, failing to issue jury summons. Uh, and uh, at that hearing, he told the court that he had no way of knowing and no indication uh, that the jury summons had failed to go out. Uh, that turned out not to be true. Uh, he was asleep during the training. Joanna Salinas, an attorney representing Anderson, told Higgs and they were disappointed this happened and that the judge is so frustrated. She said the district clerk's office has changed their procedures to ensure this does not happen again. This is KXAN Sports, brought to you by Thomas J. Henry. Good morning to you, Longhorns back home, and that's been a problem in the Big 12. Texas with three road wins in conference play, but only one at home, and they were taking on an Iowa State team that had not won on the road, but Iowa State came out swinging. Curtis Jones 14-4 right out of the gates, and Iowa State was not going to let Max Acemus beat him. Didn't have a bucket in the first half. Meantime, Jones cuts it to, or extends it rather, to 17-point halftime lead. 19 points for Texas, their lowest halftime total of the season. Needed a spark, and they get one from Kendall Weaver. The incredible offensive rebound saves it, and then watch Weaver attacks the glass once again into some contact, gets the basket, and then you know, Texas starts to get into the ballgame. Down 11, Dylan DeSue, make it 8. And then down 8, Dylan DeSue. And all of a sudden, Moody Center is up for grabs as they climb all the way back within five. But well, every time Texas needed a big stop, Iowa State came up with an answer. It's a four-point game, and Taman Lipsy, shot clock winding down, takes it to seven. And then Longhorns cut it to three on the ace-miss layup, but they have to have a stop. And Lipsy runs that pick and roll to perfection. Trey King the slam, and that was the dagger. Tough one for the Hordes. 46 points in the second half. Not enough after the struggles in the first half. But, you know, I said to them, you know, this time of year you can't, 
you can't, again, first 20 minutes of the game, you can't let your offense affect what you do defensively. We didn't really play with the edge in that first half, uh, which is something that we've um, feel like we played with the last two games, uh, and we didn't have it in the first half. Yeah, they're back home against West Virginia on Saturday. Now they fall to four and six in conference play. 500 would guarantee them to get into the tournament, even eight wins probably, but what Texas needs to get some at home, and they'll have the Mountaineers Saturday afternoon. Back to you. All right, a historic building on the University of Texas campus could soon be demolished. It's to make way for a new Longhorns football training facility, but there is a group working to save the Steve Hicks School of Social Work. This building was built in the 1930s, and in 2001, it was listed in the National Register of Historic Places. It was also the first integrated junior high school in Austin before turning into a UT school. Retired professors from UT Social Work School started a campaign to try and save and preserve it. It's certainly more valuable than 100 yards of grass. Uh, and uh, that it could be utilized in a sustainable way by the university in some capacity. In a statement, the university says the decision to move the school was part of a significant long-term investment, adding the building is beyond its useful life. Austin's airport expanding an update on the projects you can expect.